Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the 19096 Podcast. I am John. He is Rick. Say hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. We are two Eagles fans. This is, this is a narrow niche podcast about our playoff-bound Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. You heard, it. You heard me right. Playoff-bound, baby. Yeah, this is the same team that started 2-6, and six, which in turn actually earned an episode of this very podcast entitled Off the Charts, Off the Charts Dumb. Uh, Rick has returned to the 6-1 Yo, myself. I am in the final leg of an RV trip as I traverse the Joshua Tree uh, Park right at this moment. Rick, last I heard, Philadelphia was about to turn into a frozen tundra. Are you safe, secure, plenty of provisions to last you until June? Uh, I am kind of like uh, George Washington at Valley Forge. Uh, yes, it is not very warm out and uh, time to put away the shorts for a couple months. As I found out early today as I walked outside. Oh, you wore shorts today, so you aren't in the depths of frozen snow and uh, sleet. A uh, little confused in that it was 64 on <laughs> Sunday, and then today it was in like the 20s. So, uh, hmm. but yes, definitely put the shorts away now. Okay. Uh, our Eagles are now 9 and 7. Uh, and they are, yes, like I mentioned, playoff bound. Uh, exciting time for the Eagles right now. I got to say, it's, it's um, you know, there are times during the year where I just kind of dreaded looking at certain uh, certain websites or, you know, turning on the other podcasts. But, you know, I it, for me, Rick, I don't know about you, this is kind of a, a fun time to be an Eagles fan. It, yeah, it's definitely unexpected. I mean, when the Eagles were 2-5, and five, um, yeah, it was kind of like, this is a lost year. Like, we're rebuilding. You know, we'll be better next year. But, you know, they really took it around. They won seven and two, uh, which is pretty incredible. And they're six and three away from Lincoln Financial Field, which, I mean, it's right up there with the Buccaneers or the Rams, the Cardinals. Um, so, you know. Definitely, uh, they've definitely turned the season around and salvaged it for all of us because there's nothing more miserable in the fall than having a bad football team. Yeah, yeah. And then it feels like 50 years until the NFL draft. Uh, right. And that's that's just when it's just like the doldrums. Instead, you know, you know, we got a little, you know, hope is on our side right now. Um, you know, everyone is kind of yapping about the Eagles, you know, could do some damage in the playoffs, so, which I hope is true, but, you know, I'm kind of. It's, I ain't it's going not, there yet. And, you know, in the playoffs, it's not necessarily, you know, who has the best record. It's who's playing the best. Yep, yep. At least that's what I'm pitting my hopes to. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, that's that's what got the Eagles uh, into uh, the playoffs during the Super Bowl year, and they just rolled. Yes. They, just kept, they just kept going. Um. Should we uh, should we get into uh, oh a uh, quick promo? We are on every uh, every Wednesday, five thirty Pacific, eight thirty Eastern. That's seventh. I also learned today that is six thirty Arizona time currently. So I had to do some uh, time. Arizona moves its clocks. Yeah. Arizona so, is uh, one of the few places that does not move its clocks. Which I think is actually kind of smart. I'm I'm kind of into that, but that's uh, that's for a different podcast for a different time to talk about time zones. So uh, eight eight thirty eight thirty Eastern uh, Eastern time, five thirty Pacific. But what time is that in Joshua Tree? 
Uh, well, Joshua Tree, I think, stretches over Arizona and California. So, uh, you know, it's almost like Joshua Tree is its own time zone. Yes. But right right now, it's uh, we are 6.30 right now. 6.34 to be exact. John, have you still not found what you're looking for? Uh, I found it all right. And it's inside this RV, whether I like it or not. <laughs> I just, Joshua Tree, haven't found you, what you're looking for. You too, I know. That, yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Inevitable. Uh, should we look at the game? This yes, season? yes, yes. How they did against uh, the team previously known as the team, but we'll get into that uh, later in this podcast as far as uh, uh, name changes. Um, yes. Rick, any, any kind of uh, thoughts right off the bat, what you saw this past Sunday? Yes, I guess the WFT. Um, you know, we started out slow, but then we turned it around and ended up winning 20 to 16. Uh, you know, Washington did have their quarterback back, their first string quarterback, which is still a no name, basically, uh, from the last time we played them. But uh, I think he started out um, like 10 for 10. And I was starting to get a little concerned because, you know, my whole mantra was if you can't beat the WFT, we did not belong in the playoffs. So, I, I amen to that one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it took us a while. You know, these slow starting first halves are a little worrisome. Um, but, you know, we turned it around in the second half and um, um, won the game. And, you know, our offense came around and also shut out uh, the Redskins. Um, although they were driving, and I was very nervous that it was going to turn out ugly until we had a Rodney McLeod interception. So. Yeah, Rodney McLeod came up uh, big again for us Eagles and kind of sealing a win, or in the case of year, a week before last, jump-starting a, uh, a comeback, if you will, or, or you know, uh, solidifying a win. Right, right. Taylor Heineke, 27 to 36. That's alarming, right? 75% to 40%. But 6.9 yards a throw. A quick error from last show. I mentioned that he was uh, named after a beer. Uh, I guess that is not true. Um, he is not named after Heineken, so uh, sorry about that uh, for all those who may have uh, uh, fed them bad information. Close enough for Washington, D.C. Beltway work. Sure, yeah. yep. Um, but the good thing, you know, I think Akita's success was Jalen Rager. Uh, oh, boy. Really giving one, one rush for negative three yards. Yeah. And one target, which he did not catch. So Boston Scott, with the absence of Miles Sanders, came through in the clutch, two touchdowns. He's just a guy that, you know, when you put him in there, he just performs. You know, he plays special teams when, you know, they need to. Um, he's just, he's a stud. And uh, speaking of clutch, Greg Ward coming up big with a catch on third yeah, down. And, yeah, that play, actually, they said afterwards um, that Hertz didn't get the play um, from the sideline. He just had to come up with one. And that's what he chose and he made it happen. So that was even more impressive. Yep, yep, yep. Not nearly as impressive as far as uh, dodging a railing and about 10 uh, Eagles fans as he walked out of the stadium. But, you know, I think that uh, story's been told over and over and over again. Yes. The funny thing about that, I thought, was all the Eagles fans jumped up and started taking pictures with yeah. uh, Hertz. <laughs> clearly, clearly none of those people were lawyers or else they would have ripped out their uh, neck braces and thrown them on and just pleaded, uh, you know, uh, internal injuries. 
Yeah, well, you know, you know, our beloved Eagles, fellow Eagles fans, were did not feel a thing when they fell from ten feet. Right? Yes. <laughs> no. no. All their extre- I mean. Yeah, all their extremities were numb. Yeah. <laughs> courtesy of Heineken and and uh, other fluids like that. Right. Right. Uh, uh, a Philadelphia Eagles victory and a uh, you know uh, a four quarters of drinking beer. Right? Yeah. So. Hey, I you know I, I'm I'm not against it. I'm all for it. You know what, my fellow Eagle brethren, drink on. Right. Um, once again, Jordan Howard plays, and we win. Yep. That yeah. Continues to play out. Uh, so I'll have to go back and look and see what our record is when we play. Yeah, good to see him back. He's still. You can tell he's not a hundred percent. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, he's he's getting there. So. Um, what else? What else did you see in the game, John? Uh, what else did I see? I saw, you know, I, th- you know, it, to me, it was an overall, you know, decent team win. Take out the fact that they let, uh, you know, Heineke look like Joe Montana for the first half. That's the part that always just scares me. Is whenever you, you ever hear anyone invoking that, you know, they're making Heineke look like Joe Montana. That's that's the kind of stuff that scares me. But generally speaking, you know, I think. Every you know, aside you know, Jalen Rager played like Jalen Rager. Everyone else, you know, played reasonably well. Um, although Lane Johnson had some uncharacteristic uh, false starts, which I thought was yeah, two of them I think actually, right? Uh, which I thought was a little strange. But you know, um, well, I think this past week it's all gone to his head. You know, he uh, was still celebrating his uh, touchdown catch. No, yep. no, I think you're right. Yeah, that can do that. To, yeah. Still basking in the glow of his yep. reception. Um, uh, Jordan Howard is the Eagles are six and one when Jordan six, Howard plays. Yeah, put him in, get him the ball. Yes, even if it's just for a play. Um, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you know, it's funny. I listening to all the other kind of like uh, mainstream, you know, podcasts out there. Everyone's, uh, you know, starting to get on kind of the Eagles bandwagon a little, um, you know. And I, I even heard more rumblings of the whole, you know, is Sirianni a candidate for Coach of the Year? Which, again, you know, uh, he's done a pretty amazing job, but I, I wouldn't go there just yet. So right, right. He's definitely one of the better performing first year coaches, but um, yeah, Coach of the Year. But uh, yeah. But he did, you know, he definitely has made some changes. You know, you got to give him credit for uh, starting out two and five, and then, you know, obviously he's done something like um, over the past seven months. Yeah. Five months. Should so on, on that note, should we get into who gets credit for making the playoffs? Which is a bit of a spin off of our usual who gets credit for the win. But Rick, who gets credit for making the playoffs? Uh, you know, I would say the emergence, I'm going to say, uh, the emergence of uh, Jalen Hurts, him just keep on getting better and better, not rattled, his, uh, his ability is definitely, uh, gotten better, and he's, you know, sustained, except for that one game, he's been able to stay healthy, so I'm going to give that, uh, 50% to him, and then I'm going to give 50% to Nick Sirianni, um, you know, he... When the season started, I had very low expectations for this team. And for us now to 
the you know one game left, and we're, we're already in the playoffs. Um, you know that you gotta give him gotta give him some credit. So. What about um, yourself? Uh, my, myself, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would, I would throw in a thirty-three percent. You know, Nick. Well, actually, I'll go fifty, Nick, and I'll, I'll say I'll mention it in a second. Why is that? Fifty uh, percent, Nick. Twenty-five um, percent, Hertz. The other twenty-five, I'm going to give to the offensive line. Um, you know, credit to Nick for you know, kind of. I'll say it seems like he threw out the playbook and said, "Hey, you know what? Our offensive line is a bunch of studs." Uh, and this is kind of the one thing, really, that frustrates me just about kind of you know football media is they really haven't kind of figured out a way to tell a story of how good or why a, an offensive line is so good. Uh, the the you know your mainstream media kind of just relies on you know sticks to you know passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, touchdowns. They really haven't found a way to kind of help the average Joe you know viewer understand why and how an offensive line is so good. And I would I would think those shows or, you know, folks out there would have... You know, I think Madden actually, you know, quit, just thinking, you know, off the top of my head, was good at, like, identifying, like, hey, how did that, you know, offensive lineman, you know, bust open that play to make that running back, you know, run for, for 10, 12, 15 yards. Um, so all that to say, you know, 25% to the offensive line and then 25% to uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, I think they kind of, you know, Nick said, all right, we're going to put it on our O-line and a couple of running backs to, to, to kind of turn the season around. And it worked. And it made, you know, Jalen that much more effective. So, right. But, yeah, I just wish the national media would find a way to really kind of tell that story about, you know, why and how an offensive line is so good. They just really haven't figured that out because – I think it's important. They say the game is won and lost in the trenches. Well, you know, explain that to me. Tell me why. But, you know, no no one has ever kind of effectively told that story. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And it's interesting you say that, too. I heard, I think it was Collins for one of the broadcasts. Maybe it was him uh, and someone else. But he uh, asked Madden, like, how do you watch a game? What do you look for in a game when you're calling a game? And Madden said, if you just watch the line play that yep. will tell you everything about you know what's going to happen and yep. who's uh, winning the game so I thought that was uh, pretty interesting yep. and it goes also to your point like you watch the line and that's what's going to happen yep yep and it does look like at first glance it just looks like a total mishmash and just utter chaos but there is there is something going on there there is uh, dare I say like a science you know, of how to get these guys, you know, not only into position, but their bodies into position in that, into that location, right? I mean, there is something to be said about getting a certain leverage and rotation on their opponent so they can kind of make that block. And it, again, it is, a, it is a hard thing to demonstrate in a broadcast, but, you know, in this day and age of tech and things like that, you think you, you'd think someone would have kind of helped tell the story. Yeah, it's, uh, that's definitely a good point. It's... Um you know, it's organized chaos in the trenches. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It just looks like massive bodies slamming against each other. But yep. There yeah. There is what? some yeah. uh, strategy and tactics. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So, so should we get into our seven questions segment? Yes. Yes, sir. Mr. All John. right. 
So I uh, so last week Rick asked me seven questions. The week before that, I asked Rick seven questions. Last week, Rick did not send me the questions ahead of time, and that was by design. I myself am, t- am taking Rick's lead on that, and I did not send Rick the seven questions ahead of time. So he has to come up with these answers, or you know, on the fly, if you will. So you may hear a bunch of ums or thinking moments, and you know, and that's okay. Um, but I will start with our first question of the seven question segments. My of the anxiety seven... measure is off the charts. Well, the first one will be easy because it'll be somewhat remnant. It'll, it'll sound a bit familiar okay. uh, to you. So uh, you can kind of wipe that sweat from your brow. If you could change one rule in NFL football, what would it be? Oh, good one. Good one. Um... Yeah. Well. That's funny. I asked you the same question. I didn't even think about it. Uh, so, um, so while, while Rick's thinking about it, the one thing I mentioned was uh, going back to just using just one ball for the entire game, regardless of who's on offense, who's on defense. Because in the NFL right now, they have all balls for all phases of the game, and it's dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would probably do just, uh, can, I, can I pass on that and come back? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Um, all right. Question number two of the seven question segments: Who is your most frustrating Eagle player of all time? Oh, of all time. Yeah. Uh, I would say Donovan uh, McNabb. Yeah. He like came out like he was going to set the world on fire, and he did have some good games, but. You know, we only want this once with him. I thought, you know, we should be there a lot more. And with help from Torello once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, he's always the one that, you know, he was like the franchise quarterback for years. And, yeah, we won a lot of games, but, you know, we only got the Super Bowl once. Uh, all right, good good pick, good pick. Uh, question number three, if you could pluck a single non-QB player from another current team and put them on the Eagles, who would it be? You know, I would have to say right now, I was, I've been very impressed with that Michael Parsons. Oh, yep. yep. From Texas. Yep. Shall remain nameless. Yep. Um, he's just like a monster. Um, and... and- and just for clarity for everyone out there, we can mention his name because he went to Penn State. So it does fall <laughs> yeah, within the, uh, the, the, co- the the 19096 code. Yes, we are allowed to say his name. Say his name, say his name. Um, yeah, he's just, he just seems like a beast. And he's young and he's only going to get better. Uh, so, yeah, he would be, he'd be the one guy. Uh, question four, and this this is a question that uh, people arguably could write a book about. But I was just curious, what would be the first one that you know, first explanation that would come, you know, that would, that would you know, pop to the top of your list right out, you know, right out of the bat or, or right out of the shoots? Why the Philadelphia Eagles? Why do you follow them as much as you do? What is it about the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, it's just it. I think it embodies so much about, you know, what Philadelphia is. It's, you know, uh, hardworking, hardcore. Um, you know, even the fandom is, you know, uh, 
a high football IQ, doesn't take any crap, you know. Uh, you know, it's just like Rager's had a terrible season before he even touches the ball in the uh, uh, in a game. He starts getting booed, and you know, <laughs> that's just like so typical Eagles fans, quintessential, which I yeah. love. Yeah. Right? That's like, you know, like they're it's it's the fans' way of saying like, you know. You need to be better. Yeah, right? fix your shit. Right, right, right. And so it's, you know, Seagulls, it's where I was born. It's where I was predominantly raised. And, uh, you know, growing up, you really didn't have, uh, you know, you definitely didn't have access to all the games that you have now. Yep. Uh, um, so you really only got what was in your market and maybe one or two other games and it wasn't consistently. So, um, grew to be a fan that way but yeah no I yeah, I think it just embodies a lot of um, what Philadelphia is all about actually you bring up kind of an interesting notion of like you know obviously like you mentioned when we grew up you could only watch Eagles games in our area and so you inevitably became a hardcore Eagles fan you know like we did in this day and age for kids you know in their you know uh, early teens, if you will, who are kind of developing, you know, what what team is their team, if you will. I wonder, having exposure to all thirty-two teams at any time, how that changes your allegiance. Rhetorical question, but you know, I don't know if there's an answer. But uh, it'd be interesting to see, kind of years from now, like you know, kids now, what, who are their favorite teams twenty years from now, and why is that? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think definitely there's people have a. Uh, definitely a broader range of who they could be fans of. And I, yeah, I know a bunch of, you know, my, uh, my boys' friends, my uh, sons, uh, they've got a bunch of friends and where they live is not necessarily where they're fans of. Uh, yeah. So, and, you know, even my boys, they live in uh, uh, Reds or Washington football team country, and one's a Eagles fan, and one's a Steelers fan. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, question five: If you had to subject any member or player of the Eagles to this very segment of seven questions, who would it be? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, it would have to be somebody who's, you know, interesting. I mean, if it was Jalen yep. Baker, I would be easily ask him, why do you suck sometimes? <laughs> um, but um, I would say uh, Dallas Goddard seems like he would be a good, mm. you know, young guy. He wore an elf costume to a press conference here recently. You know, he's definitely um, he has that. Young player, uh, very good at uh, you know, it's probably good, very good at what he's doing. Not just catching, but passing, or not just catching, but blocking also. Uh, and so, be I think it's interesting to talk about Yeah. Oh, a, a quick. You mentioned passing or catching and blocking. A quick aside back to our previous point about. Uh, understanding the trenches and explaining the trenches. Uh, P- you know, people were talking up Kyle Pitts the other day about like he's amazing, rookie of the year, blah 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 blah. 
Again, it, all they mentioned about him was his receiving yards. Nothing about how good his blocking was or what he does, you know, uh, when they're running the ball. It was just all just receiving. And I, yeah, anyway, just that that's what, you know, popped in my head when you just mentioned, um, you know, Goddard yeah. being a good blocker. Because he is a good blocker. And I think, honestly, that's what makes him, you know, probably top two or three uh, tight ends in the league right now. But, you know, he doesn't have the eye-popping uh, receiving stats that some of the others do. But, man, can he can he block. Right. Right. Yeah, just, just like this past, this past weekend, he caught a pass going out of bounds. And he knocked over the kicking net and then slid over the medical massage table and landed, you know, on his back. And then picked up the ball and made the first down sign. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question six of our seven question segment. Uh, easy one. Uh, game day drink. Ah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. It's it's uh, almost like a Pavlovian uh, response to like people's needs. It's like I'd like to have a coke and maybe uh, a cheesesteak. That's huh? sort of the thing. That's like my uh, game day ritual. If, if anyone could make a cheesesteak out in uh, Napa, I would have it, but yet, you know, no one has been able to. They can no, make everything probably, else in Napa, but they cannot. No one can make a cheesesteak out here just yet. Well, yeah, probably in Napa they put Swiss cheese. Yeah. Goat and cheese. Pro- and gobs of other shit on that they don't need. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right, last, se- last question of our seven-question segment. Um, do you think Jim, our older brother, will ever listen to any of these episodes? <laughs> No. no. Okay. In fact, I told his uh, his wife, our sister-in-law, uh, about some of the things we were mocking him and making fun of him about, and that she proceeded to him, and he seemed about as interested as a sister. So he didn't even want to hear yeah. about our uh, podcast. I don't think. Oh, <laughs> boo. Yeah. <laughs> Partly, partly because I don't think he has any interest. Secondly, I don't think he could actually download the app and find it. Yeah, and yeah, and find yeah, find the podcast. Yeah, maybe a six-year-old or a three-year-old could do it, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he could. So. Or have the patience to do it at least. Exactly. He'd call. He'd call, he'd call one of us. Be like, hey, wait, hey, what, huh? Uh, all right, that that's it for our seven question segment. Next week will be Rick asking me uh, seven questions. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to the rule change. If I can change one rule. Oh oh but oh thank you very much. Yes. I think that uh, timeout should carry over from the first half to the second half. I know it seems kind of ridiculous. That's six oh interesting. Yep half. yep. But um, it just seems you know the the silliness that happens before halftime. With it's like oh you got to burn it got to use it or you're going to lose it, you know, like, yep, yep. if the other team's lining up for a field goal and the other team calls three timeouts, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so. No, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, so on to, uh, you want to talk about the Buccaneers or do we not want to talk about that other team? Uh, Texas. So I threw I, I threw the idea out to you that you know, do we really care about this week this week's game against Dallas? I mean, really, kind of what everyone's focused on is 
who we think we're going to play in the playoffs. So uh, I, I'm open. I, I could go. I could talk that other team from Texas uh, who aren't who aren't from Houston, or I'm I game to talk about the Buccaneers because I think that's who they're going to end up playing. Uh, well, yeah, I think we talk about the game without talking about that other team. But, yeah, you know, the one thing, I they're playing Saturday night. They flex the game back Saturday night. And I think this is, I saw something where there's another screw job on the Eagles, right? They had that one game against the, uh, not this past game, but the previous game against the Washington football team, pushed back uh, Tuesday. And now they have a game that they're pulling back to Saturday. So the Eagles will have played four games in 19 days. Yeah. That's just ridiculous from a body standpoint and also just from a playing standpoint. And the thing about it also is I saw uh, I saw an article that um, Sirianni only found out about uh, the game possibly being moved five minutes before it went public. Where they asked McCarthy, the uh, coach of the, the head coach of that other team, and yep. he's like, "Oh yeah, I knew, you know, I knew this was possible." You know, wait, wait, wait. he said we had heard some rumblings about this from the league about five or six weeks ago. I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, um, that's just crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, and it looks like they're both. Um, going to be playing, you know, their full complement of starters, too, which, you know, I'd, I'd like to see. Uh, yeah. No, so, I, I would, yeah. Yep. So, but the previously mentioned Micah Parsons actually just went on uh, the uh, Super Bowls, but Yeah, uh, they also, uh, they, uh, that other team also lost uh, one of their uh, starting receivers, too, to, a, I believe, an ACL tear. For yes. the season, so yeah. that's yeah. So, you know, I the, the first thing I thought of was like the you know the the next thing I thought of after I heard that the person that popped into my mind, Greg Hardy. And most some people are gonna be like, well, why Greg Hardy? Well, Greg Hardy was the guy that got booted off of a team for some legal issues, but the Cowboys needed a linebacker. So they kind of looked past it and signed him. Well, there's a certain wide receiver who's going to be on available for uh, to be picked up uh, this week, and you know, I, I could see the a certain team from you know Texas, not you know not from uh, Houston, really kind of needing a receiver and signing that that Joker to a uh, to end the year. So, well, you know, it's funny you say that because I heard that the uh, New York Football Giants are in deep conversations with Antonio Brown. Oh, jeez, that one goes out to our our good buddy Evan. Yeah, Evan, the Giants fan, <laughs> would love that. No, I'm kidding about that. Just give Evan a shout out. Yeah, a heart attack. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um. I, yeah. I, I. You know. It'll be an interesting game, fun game to watch. I'd be curious to see how the Eagles react if they, you know, if it gets if it gets out of hand or if they just, you know, almost treat it like a preseason game, right? Like they play the first half and then just start pulling people, you know, in the second half regardless of score. Right. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would do that. I'd be curious to see what Sirianni's like approach will be to this. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, the Eagles are seven point underdogs. Um, over at home. Forty three. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of these games, it's really, it's really hard to forecast. Because you just really don't know, you know, what the strategy is. Uh, because both these teams are going to have to play the following week in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And, so, yeah, and and the coaches can say all they want, like focus on this week, focus on this week. I call bullshit. You know, they're looking at you know two weeks from now. I know they're telling their players just focus on this week, but those. All those coaches are looking at, you know, this week and next week, this week. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so it should be an interesting game. You know, it's Saturday night, so we'll see what happens. But it's hard to, you know, really forecast or analyze it. Who's still going to be playing in Elmhurst? Uh, as far as the Bucks go, um, you know, I I think it'll be an interesting game. I think it's uh, definitely, dare I say, winnable. Um, just to remind folks, when the Eagles played the Buccaneers during an ugly stretch, they only they you know they lost twenty eight twenty two. So I mean, it's not like uh, you know they got roasted. Um, right. And, and you know, the top receiver for that game was that certain someone who who uh, ran off the field last week named Antonio Brown. Um, so he's no longer there, and I think a couple of their their uh, receivers are also um, <laughs> they're not going crazy; they're just injured. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, and th- funny enough, that game uh, against the uh, the Buccaneers, the Eagles ran the ball 19 times, uh, nine times by uh, Sanders, ten times by Hertz, and that's it. So an interesting right. kind of juxtaposition in terms of where the offense is now and, you know, what they showed them uh, weeks ago, showed the Buccaneers weeks ago. Yeah, the, um, no, it definitely should be, you know, a competitive game. I think the uh, both the teams are at completely different points from when they played before. And, you know, I've watched some of the Bucks games. You know, they're beatable. You know, they're yeah. not, you know, they're not like necessarily blowing out the teams and uh, you know, they've lost to the Saints twice uh, and they've lost to Washington um, so you know they're very capable of losing to bad teams <laughs> yep yep um, so and really I mean they played the Bills in the past eight games they played Against who they played that's halfway decent team. They played the Bills and the Colts. Everyone else is. They played the Bears, the Saints, the Lusher football team, the Giants, the Colts, the Falcons, the Bills, the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, the Panthers. So I think their 12 and 4 record is a little uh, definitely misleading. misleading. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, I mean, I, I I got nothing else on the, on those two games. It just be it'll be a fun two weeks just to see kind of what comes out. I mean, if the Eagles beat the beat that, I almost said their names. Uh, if the Eagles win this coming week, it'll be a fascinating. Uh, uh, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the national media kind of uh, positions the Eagles now at this point. You know, at this point in the season, um, that's that's the part I think that'll be most fascinating is just to see how the story of the Eagles will be told depending upon what happens against the uh, uh, that team from uh, Texas 
John, should we go around the NFL? Let's go around the NFL. I got five notes about the NFL. The first one, yes, is about that guy, Antonio Brown. Uh, my thought on this, Rick, can you hear me okay? I'm in, yeah, I am in a national you, park. Yeah, I can hear you great. Um, you know, I, my, here's my thought. I think this guy is just a class A asshole. Um, if you look at everything he's done, it just it's all rooted in just being a, a jerk. And that's it. I, I think the guy's just so full of himself. And, you know, I, you know, Brady, good for you that, you know, you think he needs, like, mental help. He probably does, you know, to some degree. But he just may just be a, just a total jerk. And, like, that's it. Um, so, I, I, you know, someone will sign him. Um, but, you know, he's just way too talented. And, you know, I think Mike Golick mentioned this past week that, you know, talent wins out in this league, and, and someone will need a wide receiver that good, and someone will look past all his assholiness and uh, sign him to a deal. Um, right, right. He's definitely. So. I mean, yeah, wherever he's gone, he's definitely burned bridges. So there's only yeah. there's only so many teams that uh, would take him. I don't think any of going to take him back. Right. So, yeah. This is dwindling each year. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, we, we talked about Ben Simmons. Uh, he, you know, can't play because he needs mental health, uh, you know, because of his mental health. If anybody needs, you know, some mental health assistance, it's this guy. I mean, yeah. That was yeah. just whacked. I've never seen yeah. like that before. Yeah. Yep. But he just kind of made it all about him, too, right? I mean, that's what his him just kind of walking through the end zone it was a, to him it was just a big show right. right you know so uh note number two uh joe judge and his offense accumulated a minus 10 or sorry 10 passing yards this past week and i know the week before you know the or the you know a couple weeks ago the Giants said that joe judge is safe so is, so is daniel jones after seeing that you know if I was the Maras or the Tishes, I would I would think again on the, on that notion. Yeah, um, that, that guy just needs to. I mean, in a major media market like that, they should have a much better uh, coach and a much much better. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, note. Uh, uh, who, who do we? Who do, Project there in the background. Uh, Project Henry is, is is not happy. You know what we're gonna do? We've done this before during our uh, show. We'll do it again. I'm getting Project Henry bottle. <laughs> but um, at the same time, we will move on to uh, the next item. You know, uh, on our around the NFL segment, the Jags. I think are shaping up to get uh, uh, the first pick again. How about uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd be curious to see where they... Obviously, they're not going to go uh, quarterback this time. Um, that would be dumb. Confusing. Although, if Howie uh, Roseman was there, he, he may well go quarterback again. Who knows? Right. Um, but, yeah. No, I mean, back-to-back... I mean, can you draft a head coach? Maybe that's what they need more than anything. Well, yeah, the thing also is the first coach of their interviewing is Doug E.P. Yeah. 
which I uh, honestly I think would be would be perfect for them. I think that's exactly the type of coach they need. Right. Now I'd like to see uh, him getting a lot of shot. Seems like a good guy. Obviously. Yep. Um, Deserving, right. you know, of a, another go around with a with a good quarterback, good team. Um, I would not be against that. I, you know, he got a, he got us a Super Bowl. What else could you ask for? You know. Right. right. Um, so. Um, but you know, honestly, you know, hopefully the uh, the uh, the Jags are in. The bottle is in. The bottle is in. <laughs> uh, it, we have it, touchdown. We have touchdown. Uh, you know, I would think they would want to trade down and just get a bunch of pick. I mean, they need a ton of stuff on the Jags. So I mean, I got to think trading down would be their their best. Uh, best move but you know what i'm not the gm of the jags so who knows yeah yeah that that franchise just seems to be uh just a mess yeah i they mean a mess. Like, yeah yeah you're a football giants mess and then there's Jackson. yep they get they get uh much more of a mess yeah um uh, note number four from around the NFL. So, you know, each week, you know, I do my favorite, you know, and you, you probably enjoy some of his writing. Uh, Peter King, um, interesting guy, been around the, uh, you know, national uh, NFL media for a long time. Another article came out, you know, on Football Morning in America. Interesting. Uh, he goes deep. But the one thing I realized after reading it, I couldn't remember the last time he wrote an article on the Eagles. And I went through all, I, I was like, you know what, I sat down for 10 minutes. I won't say what I was doing uh, when I was sitting down, for what else I was doing for those 10 minutes while I was flipping through the, uh, all his articles. Um, and he basically has, has written about every other team except, you know, since the last time he wrote about the Eagles. In some cases, like the Browns, inexplicably has written about them like three or four times. And the last time he wrote about the Eagles was December of 2020. And we're talking, this is 40, 50 articles. And you'd think there'd be some balance. It's not like the Eagles are a boring team. But I just want to say to Peter King, what gives? Why do you hate the Eagles? Do you not like Philadelphia? Do you have something against cheesesteaks? I didn't didn't get it. I was was totally blown away. Uh, Well... He is from Ohio, so maybe that's why he always writes about the Browns. Oh, good point. Yeah, maybe he's a closet uh, Browns fan sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was very peculiar. I just, it's not like the Eagles don't have. It's not an interesting storyline this week or this year for them. If anything, I think they'd be ripe for for a you know a, a long form article about how you turn around a team that's supposedly in a rebuild with a uh, with a new head coach, rookie head coach. Right, and there's a number of franchises that should probably beat that order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> here's a blueprint, guys. Just figure it out. Right. We're not saying it's perfect, but, yeah. you know, but, some you things know. that they have done right. Yeah, don't fall in love with that hotshot uh, college head coach, because more often than not, I think, you know, you see that it's not usually those guys that end up being great head coaches. It's, it's really good assistants, you know, or coordinators that are already in the NFL. Yeah. See Chip Kelly. See Herbert Meyer. Yep. See yep. 
uh, what's his face from Alabama? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could, yeah, you could go up and you know Jim Harbaugh is probably the the one kind of you know uh, anomaly in there, but he did already. Th- I think he did have NFL experience already before he went to the Niners. Oh no, he no sorry. Yeah, he yeah because. He'd been uh, he'd been in the NFL, I think, doing some things, and then he went to Stanford, and then he went to the Niners, and now he went to the Michigan. Um, I think he's he's kind of the, the rare anomaly, anyhow. Right. Um, we'll title this next note as kind of the worst kept secret in the uh, NFL and maybe in sports right now. The Washington Football Team, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the podcast, is uh, on February second is getting a new name. Uh, unfortunately, um, they had already bought the rights to the website, evidently, and linked it back to their current website. Um, so if you were typed in WashingtonAdmirals.com, you would have been taken to the Washington football team site, which basically gives away the fact that they're going to be called the Washington Admirals, which makes February 2nd no longer a banner day for the day when they announced, uh, announced what their team mascot will be. Uh, that to me is quintessential Washington football team right now, don't you think, Rick? Uh, yeah. The, the, the railing breaking, the team's terrible. You know, I saw what they wear. The uh, they weight aspects because Snyder's son was buddies with them. Oh, it's just like you know, it's it's another one of those franchises that. How can it buy be that successful a business so that he can buy an NFL franchise and what an organization so cool? I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, it just seems like a total just. I mean, t- on top of that, I think you sent me the video the, this past week of just the the busted uh, sewer line at the uh, at the stadium too. Right. And. It's yeah. just one. It's just one, just kind of catastrophe and another, you know, with Washington right now. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I heard uh, John Ritchie talking about it today, and it's like you go to. He's like, I've been in a lot of stadiums. You go to a lot of stadiums. You know, they're like steam inside where the players are. You know, behind. The he says, you go to the, the FedEx Field. That he's like that place down in the in the innards of it is nasty. That's all busted out, and it's just going off. So, uh, oh, yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike Florio basically said the same thing. He said, it's well known that, like, the FedEx field's the worst stadium in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Washington Admirals, that's fine. I'm not, uh, you know, not exactly a, an exciting name. I think they could have, you know, done better, but whatever. They're still going to suck. I, I did think it was interesting that they announced that they were going to announce uh, the team name. That, like, came out as soon as they were, it was they weren't going to make the playoffs. Right? It's yeah. like they tried to obscure the fact that they, they weren't going to make the playoffs. By, but hey, you know, like, look over here. We're going to announce the, the new name on February 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because at first I thought, oh, you know, was this whole debacle with, you know, WashingtonAdmirals.com already linked? Was that, like, a clever misdirection? You know, but I was like, oh, wait, I'm giving the, you know, I'm giving the Washington football team way too much credit. They would have never, like, thought of something, like, that clever 
to kind of just throw everyone off. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be the admirals and not like the, you know, generals or the sea wolves or whatever, you know, whatever other, you know, candidates yeah. they had out there. The thing about it also is they are announcing it on February 2nd, 2022. So it's really 2-2-22. So I've, I've been wondering if that's the place. Well, the, the other thing I thought that was interesting, I believe February 2nd, uh, I wish Raf, our uh, researcher, was here. I believe that's Groundhog Day. So, um, you know, are they going out? Are they that clever where they just did a misdirection with WashingtonAdmirals.com and they're going to be the Washington uh, Groundhogs? That would be awesome. You know what? If they did that, I, I, I would say, like, good job, guys. You, you get an applause. I will watch a few more of your games next year. I don't think they're that clever. No NFL team is that clever. Um, I will say that February 2nd is World Wetlands Day. Oh. Well, the Washington Wetlands would not be a good uh, name. Well, it is kind of a swamp. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You are. You're all right. Washington was built on a swamp. Look it up, kids. Google it. That's just just not a euphemism. As a matter of fact, kids, go watch uh, the Alexander Hamilton uh, play. You'll understand why, uh, you know, why Washington is what it is. You are. You are correct. Grandma Day is February 2nd. Yeah. So, again, I'm not holding my breath for the Washington Groundhogs, but that would be awesome if that's what they were called. Uh, all right, that wraps it up for Around the NFL. Uh, just so everyone knows, Project Henry finished his bottle. He's a little happier now, so he's making uh, raspberry sounds. Um, Good to hear. Good to yeah. hear. Uh, Rick, un- unrelated topic of the week. You got something for us this week? Uh, un- unrelated topic of the week. Uh Yellowstone, the show Yellowstone, which I know no. watches, I watch. Yep. They yep. had season finale. I'm not going to uh, give out any details about the. Final yeah, please, episode. no spoilers. I'm, I'm no two, spoilers. We're, we're two episodes behind. Um, but it was the highest rated, uh, highest rated TV show since 2017. 11 million people tuned in to watch. I, I will. I will ask one question, and uh, for anyone who who doesn't want to hear this answer, uh, you can mute it for ten seconds. And it's a yes or no question for you, Rick. But I, I will ask you just straight up: Does anyone die in the last episode? Uh, I do not know. I haven't watched it. Oh well, then okay. Never mind then. I cannot tell you. All right. I I imagine that the rate of people dying on that show. I imagine somebody does die. Yeah. Go out on the lip. It's just, who is it? Yeah. I've also also noticed on that show, they bring in characters for a season, and then they're going along, and then it comes to an end uh, that that actors or that actor, uh, his life comes to an end, uh, the final episode of the season. Coincidentally. Yeah. Just so happens to to work that way. It's like the story has played out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I really enjoy the show overall. I do think uh Costner's daughter is a little too obnoxious and caustic for me, but you know, I, I think it is a fascinating if you were to let's put it this way, if you were to describe this show to me, you know, before I watched it and said, Hey, would you be interested about this show? And just kind of the basic, you know, two or three sentences, 
I'd be like, nah. I'd say I'd pass. Probably not my cup of tea. But I, I, they got me hook, line, and sinker. So as soon as we get back from our cross-country RV trip, we're going to finish off uh, the last couple episodes. Yeah, I uh, I record all the episodes because they bring them all over Thanksgiving weekend. And I had to watch even one, and I was glad that I taped that uh, all right. Anything else for our unrelated topic of the week? Uh, that being Yellowstone, the greatest TV show ever made. Rick? <laughs> uh, no, that is my unrelated topic of the week. All right. Um, just a reminder for everyone, we're on every Wednesday, 5.30 Pacific, uh, 8.30 Eastern. Um, you can catch our... Uh, our abbreviated uh, fastest 10 minutes uh, in call-in on uh, 30 minutes before Eagles kickoff. In this case, it would be uh, Saturday. Um, Rick, any uh, final thoughts, closing thoughts after this episode today? Uh, yeah, so our, our uh, uh, pre-game edition will be on at 7.45. That's half hour before 8.15 kickoff on Saturday. Oh, excellent, excellent. Right. Uh, no, you know, uh, no birds, and um, you know, it should be interesting, you know, um, this Sunday we'll know who we're going to be playing the first round of playoffs, so looking forward to seeing who that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my final thought is kind of what I said at the beginning, it's it's kind of a fun time to be an Eagles fan. Um, you know, a lot of positivity around the team. Uh, on top of that, uh, they're the first playoff team ever to have three first-round picks in the upcoming draft, so that's that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, exciting time to be an Eagles fan. Uh, Project Wide is just going nuts over the Eagles in the background. I don't know if everyone can hear that, but um, yeah. But um, I think that's it for us this week. So many people to thank behind the scenes. Uh, you all know who you are. Uh, we will see you all Saturday for our game day live podcast. Until then. Fly Eagles Fly. I'm Rick. I, I'm not Rick. I'm John. He's Rick. And we are out. Out.